everyone and welcome back to Parking the Bus, a fantasy football podcast. Episode 12 of the podcast where two friends talk fantasy football and find out if defence is better than attack. I'm your host Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend Jack Murray. Good morning Callum. Good morning Jack, how are you? I am not too bad, yourself? Uh, yeah, okay. Lockdown's treating me okay so far, so... <laughs> good as possible. Good. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever on the podcast, we have a third person. What what a shock this is. Uh, <laughs> please, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Luke Walker. Hello there. What a great honour to be here. <laughs> it, it, it's a great honour to have you, Luke. Uh, I love your enthusiasm already. Uh, <laughs> so, Luke, are you, uh, are you ready to talk some fantasy football? Of course, yeah. Bring it on. Let's do this. Brag <laughs> <laughs> about his team. He's another one who beat me last year, Callum. Well, so. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm above you both at the moment, I believe. So it's it's pretty good time to to invite me on. So thanks. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, how how are you finding fantasy uh, this year, then, Luke? At the start, I I struggled to be honest. I think my defense just was horrendous. I I didn't invest much in it apart from the only you know premium I had was Trent, and he's done pretty terribly. I made some other bad, bad decisions. I can't remember. Oh, like people like Mason Greenwood, awful. Uh, like Sam Maximan as well. I took him out when he had that before he had that good week. Yeah, I've I've got a few things right though. Like I had I had uh, Calvert Lewin and Kane from the start. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember messaging you after like game week four. I think I was ahead of you at that point and being like, "How are you ahead of? How am I ahead of you?" And you started with Calvert Lewin and Kane. But it probably means that your team value is is probably quite healthy in comparison to mine. Yeah, it's it's decent at the moment, but it's because because the rest of our team is terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, um, pe- people like Havertz and because I'm a Chelsea fan, I, obviously I was going to have two Chelsea attackers for the start. That didn't that didn't go as planned, but they're, they're doing better now. It's uh, Ziyech and Werner now. Have you got Ziyech and Werner? It is Ziyech and Werner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're the, they're the best two probably. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I was going to say, Luke, as a as a Chelsea fan, can you give any updates on uh, Ben Chilwell? Because <laughs> I, I bought him into my team uh, at the start of last week, and obviously then he hobbled off uh, during the Belgium game, and I was like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> so I don't know is he is he injured or? I I also brought him in last week, um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty annoying to see him go off. I've I've heard that he he was in training with England yesterday, and he he might. Be in contention to play uh, today. Is it against Denmark or whoever? Yeah, it's today. Yeah, Wednesday. So, so I, I, it sounds like he might be okay for uh, for Newcastle this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. Oh, that's good. I'm like ninety percent sure. He'll be all right. if he's training already, he should be all right for. Yeah, for, um, think. for the game of the weekend, which is promising. Yes. It's a bit. It wouldn't have mattered so much for me because I'm on wild card. I probably would have just swapped him for someone else. I had one more name on my shortlist around that price tag who I'd have probably just swapped him for. But um I think he's like I think well I think he is the best defender on the game at the moment. I, I think it's probably generally a, a, a common opinion at, at these days. But he's had the most shots on target per start for a defender. I was when I was doing some stats last night. That's thanks to Fantasy Football Hub and their great little stat thing that I use. So I think he's got the full package at the moment of shots, assists, clean sheets. Which is um I think I said to you last week if, if uh, Alexander Arnold or Robertson were returning like Chilwell would, we'd all have him in immediately. So I think he's a really impressive 
asset at the moment. Yeah, fifty million pound well spent. Uh, it seems. Yeah. From Chelsea. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, the the main topic of this week is going to be Jack's wild card. Uh, we t- we teased it a lot last week, didn't we, Jack? Yeah. Uh, but now you are. You think you're ready? Ish. Yeah. I, I've done a draft, which I'm quite happy with. But um, yeah, I, I've I've got a short list at least of of players that I will have in the team. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to just you know talk us talk us through your team? Yeah. Should I just go through the draft. Okay. I haven't actually because of price rises and stuff. I haven't actually like confirmed it yet. Like I've I've still got Harry Kane in because I've made a bit of money on Harry Kane. So I want to make sure I'm absolutely dead certain. I want to take him out before I do. Otherwise, obviously, I lose the money I've made on him. But I think I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, so at the moment, it's I've got two M's in goal. Martinez and Meslier. It's a bit expensive, this uh, rotating goalkeeper stuff. Like Martinez is obviously, I think it's 4.8 now. But I think he's the best goalkeeper in the game currently. Um, and I think Meslier will get loads of saves. So I think Leeds will, will somehow scrape a few clean sheets as well. Well, Meslier kind of offers me a bit something different to what I didn't have from Matt Ryan, which is save points. Matt Ryan, when I was looking at the stats, he's, if, if clean sheets didn't exist for a goalkeeper, he'd have no other points apart from appearance points because he hasn't had any save points and he hasn't had any uh, um, bonus points. So I was like, this is a, you know, it's just not really, what's the point of owning? He's not really going to mm. get me many points. But the alternative names I had down were... McCarthy, who I already had, who's done quite well. His price is still really good at four and a half million, given that he's cheaper than the rest of the defence now, because Walker Peters went up to four point six and Vestergaard's four point seven. So um I think McCarthy is still really good value, but he doesn't quite offer as many save points as uh as Mesliel Martinez. I think he's got I think he's got one bunch of save, one or two bunch of save points, which in eight game weeks is not. You know, you'd ideally want a few more save points than that from your goalkeeper. I had Leno on the short list just because, as well, he's cheaper than what is in theory a decent defence. Like Bellerin and Gabriel are both five point one. He's five million, but the saves have dried up a bit more for him last year. If you remember last year, I think he might have made the most saves in the league. I, th- I think he did. Yeah, it was something yeah. ridiculous like that, just because Arsenal's defence was so terrible for most of the season. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had him down, but he's not quite made as many saves this year. And obviously, the, I think they've got like two clean sheets against against Fulham and United. So it's not even like they're keeping loads and loads of clean sheets. Uh, and the last option I had in goal was Ramsdale on the shortlist, which is probably sounds a bit strange because I think it a lot of people have taken him out <laughs> between. The game week one and now. Yeah, I mean, as as a previous Ramsdale owner, all I can say is, uh, yes, he'll get you a couple of save points every now and again. But uh, aside from that, unless Sheffield United turn their form around, uh, yeah. I will avoid him at all costs. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking, like, in terms of like Martinez against Ramsdale, like, am I being too too clever here? And just should I just put Martinez in? Because Ramsdale, the thing is with Sheffield United goalkeepers in theory, is that they don't score a lot. They don't concede a lot either. So if they get a clean sheet and Ramsdale gets even one bunch of save points, he's quite likely to get a bonus. But at the moment, they don't have any... I know the fixtures have been really harsh for him. But um, he hasn't got any clean sheets. And I expect them to get at least a couple because the fixtures are quite good now. But I don't think it's worth the... Given that a goalkeeper is such a long-term pick, I think we, we can almost guarantee that Martinez will keep ticking over. So at the moment, I'm going to have Martinez and one other, I'm pretty sure. Just because I think Martinez is a season... You know, I don't want to change my goalkeepers. 
and I think Martinez is a is a um, reliable pick for the long term. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are on the best two keepers there. Well, I'm I'm just having a look now, and I'm surprised to see Martinez is only twenty seven percent owned by teams. Quite high, given for how good. I guess, but I, I I maybe I just assumed it would be like over fifty percent would have him just because of how a how cheap he is and b how well Aston Villa are doing. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'd I don't know how you. Sorry, go I'd, on, I'd imagine his ownership in the top like ten thousand ranks is is around fifty. If I had to guess, who who are you? Who are your two uh, keepers, uh, Luke? Um, well, I have one keeper really because my other one, uh, I've got uh, Peacock Farrell from Burnley who who doesn't play. He's just a just a four mil placeholder. Uh, my keeper since day one has been Aaron Ramsdale who hasn't, hasn't done the best, but I've 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 kept the faith just because I think. Um, well, as, as you say, a keeper is a long-term pick, and their fixtures are getting better now. Um, like mm. West Ham home next week, West Brom away uh, week after. There's there's chances for clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It, what kind of almost worries me is is that last year we never really expected Sheffield United to to capitulate and get like battered. But I think I know it was against Chelsea. But even last year in the fixture like that, they weren't getting battered. Like even when they got. I, I think they were victim of quite possibly Liverpool's best performance last season, which was the Monday night football around Christmas time at Anfield. And they still only lost 2-0. So like there was last season I was they were a really reliable pick, but there's a lot of sort of mitigating factors which means it might not be the same this year. Like obviously Henderson is is, is a much better keeper than Ramsdale really. And that Jack O'Connell, who's a pretty important part of the defence, is missing for the entire season and stuff like that. So I think from a simplicity point of view, I think I just like don't be, don't try and be too clever and just and stick with Martinez and one other. Yeah, yeah. Usually in in past years, I've been, I've I've sort of had rotating keepers, uh, but this year since I've had Martinez from the start, uh, had Martinez and Ramsdale, and then when it became apparent that Martinez was actually pretty good, I thought, well, if I just bring in. Um, just like a, a placeholder, sort of four million keeper. I'm just going to have Martinez for the rest of the season, and I will just free up space and sort of funds elsewhere, which uh, I've definitely needed. So, I think it. I I yeah. I think just go for Martinez, and then I know it's tempting to have a, another rotating keeper, but I would just have a, another like four million uh, just to go alongside. That that would be my opinion, but obviously do what you like. So. I'm I'm enjoying these. Rot- it's annoying that there's no usually. Maybe I'm wrong here. I'm not sure. So I feel like sometimes you you get a, a like a four point three million keep starting keeper at some point, but it's not seemed to have happened yet. But I I do quite like this rotating keeper because I've really kind of saved me once because I, I had Matt Ryan miss that game against Tottenham, if you remember, and it it meant that I didn't have to rush. I didn't have to like think about whether I was going to have to transfer out a keeper the next week. And I do quite like it because with COVID and stuff like that, your player could easily just miss one or two games. So, but. You are right. It's, it's a zero point five extra spend, really, which is is annoying. But I think I'll stick with the rotators and just definitely pick at least one four and a half, and then Martinez is four point eight. So I think I'll stick with that. But Martinez is like ninety nine percent in my team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall we move on to the defense? Or yeah, yeah. So my current defense is uh, Chilwell, obviously, uh, Cancelo, Lamptey. Kufau, uh, not Kufau, actually, Masawaku. I've got Kufau out, because uh, Kufau in, because he might go up in price in the next couple of days. 
um, and Kilman. The other players I had on my shortlist, well, I, I wrote Robertson down, but since all the stuff with Joe Gomez and stuff, I, I don't think he's worth the extra. It's, it's at least a million to the next most expensive defender, and it's, I don't think it's worth it anymore, sadly. Um, I'm sure that him and Trent will be value again at some point over the season, but for now they just aren't. And the other one I had on my shortlist for this slightly more premium price that I don't own is Alex Tellez at five and a half million. I don't know what's going on with him with all this. Did you read about all this like COVID stuff with him? Uh, I ha- I haven't. No, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's something like um, I don't know if Luke can fill in these gaps. I'm inevitably going to leave, but he he like he got into whatever country he was supposed to be playing in for international break. Like he couldn't produce a negative COVID test or something, and apparently to get into the country, you had to produce a negative COVID test if you've already had it, which obviously he has. Or it was something like that anyway. So I assume he'll be all right because he almost certainly doesn't have COVID, given it's. I think it's pretty rare to have it twice, especially as a as an athlete. But um, yeah, he was on my short list just because the fixtures are pretty good. Their defensive stats are improving, and uh, he has like twenty. He has like sixty goal returns in the last. Well, 65 goal returns in his last five seasons at, was it Porto? Porto, yeah. I think that was kind of inflated because he used to take penalties, but he's still like a really, really attacking fullback. It's just annoyingly one that I don't think I'm going to be able to fit in just because I don't think he's worth it above Chilwell or Cancelo yet. And I've only got two premium defenders. There's also no guarantee that Tellez is going to start ahead of Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's out for six weeks. That was my thought. I did not know that. I will. I retract my previous yeah, statement. That's why he's. That's why he's there. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that makes things interesting, I guess. Um, don't know. For five point five, it seems a bit pricey, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, who knows? As as we've discussed many times on the pod, um, we have no idea what's going on at United, and every week we're like, we're like, don't bring United players in, even Bruno Fernandez, and then the next week. Fernandez will get two goals and an assist. So, yeah. Uh, what what do we know, eh? Yeah, I just think my thinking was right. Chilwell's, you know, probably the best defender in the game at the moment. And in terms of City's fixtures and how actually quite well they've defended, I ha- kind of have to have one. I did have Diaz down, but I also then looked up that he has, uh, is it expected attacking returns? It, I think is a combination of expected goals and expected assists. His is zero point zero. <laughs> so I, I thought like given that City will usually beat a team lower down at least 2-0 even in these times of them less scoring scoring less goals he's only ever going to get six points or maybe even five and I'm not really sure that's worth it when Cancelo is potentially getting a, a few assists obviously it's a bit of a risk but with with three 4.5 defenders. If I feel like my bench is strong enough to cope with it, because I can't imagine that if he gets benched, he'll come on very often. So I think he's worth it. And then obviously, if he if he gets a a, a, a long stretch in the team without playing, I can swap him out. But I like him for the moment. I don't know what what else you think. Well, it's just just funny you should say about Man City defenders coming on. Reminds me back to last season when I had uh, Lundstrom was my first sub and he got a brace, I think. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's fine because I had Otamendi. He's like, oh, Otamendi, he hasn't played, so Lundstrom will come in. Then, 92nd minute, Pep brings on Otamendi. <laughs> Ooh. It was like 24 points I missed out on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All I could kind of argue in my favour is that if they are like 1 0 up, 
he'll probably be on another centre back instead of a full back. I don't know. But um yeah. I assume that's what the sub was for. Um, I, I think Pep but... just saw my team and he's like, I'm gonna f Luke over. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that was was it against Burnley? Lunchton scored twice. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they got a yeah, as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because I, I had him. Yeah, that was that was a good time, um, for me anyway, because I definitely started him. Um, but yeah, I think I think I can take the risk with Cancelo because his, his attacking stats are good. He's playing in what, in theory, should keep the the team that should keep the most clean sheets over the next six games. And I think Carl Walker's a bit too much at six million or six point one. I think he is now. For his like lack of attacking returns, he scored his one goal for the season already. Yeah. So I think I think Cancelo's better value. Either said, and I, I to be honest, I can't fit in a six a two six million defenders the way my team's currently looking. So yeah, uh, I don't know what you think about my my cheaper defenders. I I feel like it's fairly standard. Lamptey is one that I've wanted for a while. Uh, Kilman is still really really good value despite the fixtures and Masawaku slash Kufal are uh, all right as well. You've got other. I had other choices written down, like Carl Walker-Peters, Matt Target, but I've got Martinez now. Charlie Taylor's still written down, and uh, Max Lowe from Sheffield United, who's 4.4. And Jamal Lewis, because he's also 4.3, but I don't want to touch a Newcastle player. Not called Callum Wilson with a barge pole. So, (laughs) I don't know what you think. I mean, it all sounds good to me. I mean, I've got Kilman and Lamptey as well, so they're big recommends. Um, Masiwaka or Kufal, are interesting ones because West Ham not we don't perceive them to be the most defensively solid team uh, but obviously they're doing quite well at the moment and if Moyes keeps playing the win backs then uh sure and is Antonio back yet do you know I know you're keeping tabs on him Jack yeah I, I'm a fan yeah but, uh potentially this week if not I'd imagine in the next two weeks he's definitely running about anyway but even if it's a Haller, you know, that gives them a good target man to sort of whip the crosses into. So I think that's a good call, actually. Thank you. I, uh, the pros and cons of that is, is that Kufau is, is pretty much going to play every game, whether they play back four or back five. But um, Masawaku's a bit more explosive, I think. He's got less assists, actually, but the stats back up that he is more creative. And so does the eye test, to be honest. He's very, very attacking. Yeah. But the issue is, like, Kufau is going to play every game because he fits in whether it's back four or a back five. Uh, Masuaka will miss out, I would think, if they play a back four because they'll just move Aaron Cresswell back to left back. But I can't see him changing from it at the moment. Like, I was keeping my eye on, eye on whether they stuck with the back five against Fulham, and they did. So if you're going to play a back five at home to Fulham, it's probably just going to be their regular structure now. And I, I think Masuaku could get quite a few assists. Um, Long term, I think that Kufal getting more assists is, is probably a, a bit of a phase rather than Masuaku will be a bit more consistent. Hopefully, he doesn't get himself sent off because he's obviously a bit, he's a bit Aurier like, gives me Aurier vibes, which aren't good. <laughs> Shall we go on to my midfield? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. I have currently Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish, Diogo Jota, and currently as a placeholder for Salah that was the post that scared the absolute life out of me um uh, as a placeholder for Salah I've got Bruno Fernandez in currently just because they have West Brom at home but uh, that could easily be maybe Mane maybe Rashford my thinking is with not having Mane is that I know I want Salah back 
and I'm not sure like mentally next week if I have one free transfer am I really going to want to do Mane to Salah and obviously United have West Brom at home anyway so it is a better fixture on paper and my uh, cheap um, cheap bench midfielder is Riedervald because he's 4.4 million and seems nailed yeah unfortunately I I obviously had Riedervald right at the start uh, because I was convinced he was going to play every week and he didn't start the first like four or five games so I yeah. got rid of him in a wild card, and now he's starting every week and getting goals and nearly assists as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's a decent option off the bench if you need one. Yeah, so. it, that were well, obviously one of the um, compromises I've had to make with budget is that I can't get Suchek, which is annoying because I think he's just like the value is incredible on him, but um, he's going to be it'd be on the bench most weeks anyway. So I'm not I'm not that bothered. It's just a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, what do you think about my midfield? Obviously, there's no the main one here who I don't have who I would quite like is is Ziyech. Like I can't fit him in, and I, Grealish has basically been the first name on my wildcard list in a strange sort of way. Minus obviously Salah wasn't going anywhere before he got COVID for me. But um, every sort of draft I've looked at, I've just known that I'm going to have Grealish in my team at the moment. So I don't know what you think about the midfield. Uh, I mean, I like it. Um, my, my my feeling about Salah is, I mean, I'm I'm obviously a Mane owner uh, instead, but I I wonder if it's just worth like handing on to Salah. Like I know he's he's going to be out for at least a week with this COVID. Yeah. But is it really worth uh, sort of getting rid of him and then unless you have a backup plan to um get him back in later on? Yeah. Would just... you say that you're? Would, would you said that you're not? entirely sure that you want to do anyway well if if, if i got a many if i started with bruno or rashford i think i'd just do that swap immediately um like just straight back because i know that from my point of view i know that i'm just going to want to captain salah most of the time so if i do have him i, I would like him back asap so which is pushing me towards the man united player above Mane to start uh but i just don't know whether it'd be bruno or rashford i have to make that decision it, it it just seems like you're you're potentially wasting a transfer later on, and I'm just thinking, knowing our luck at the moment, you know, if if another of your players gets injured or suspended or gets COVID, um, then you're going to have to make uh, more transfers than you can uh, later on down the line. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it just, just seems risky to me. I, I I thought of the same as well. It's it's just that I'm not sure I want to bench someone who's worth like twelve point three million or whatever he's worth for for a week. It just doesn't seem. Like when you can potentially get someone who could get an explosive point tool, like a United player or, or something. But uh, no, I see your point because I thought about that as well, which is why I've eaten the price drop for Salah because there was a rumour going around that if his COVID test came back negative yesterday or something, he could have played in time. But they've changed the rules now, which is if you have COVID, you have to isolate for 10 days now, even if you're a Premier League footballer. So um, he's mm. definitely out of Leicester and hopefully he'll be back for Brighton. But that's the thing, we, we don't even know if he's back for Brighton. So if I if I leave him out and then wait for him to be back for Brighton and then put him in then, I might just do that. But I see your point of view because I thought about it as well. I don't know if Luke can settle this debate. Um, yeah, I, I think I think your logic's pretty sound with you know, when when you're playing a wild card you may as well it it it, it doesn't really make sense to have you know, play a wild card and then have um an asset as, as um as expensive as Salah, like on the bench. I mean, you may as well. You may as well get someone like Bruno in, try and get try and get some extra points, and then you know just 
Just use your use your transfer next week. Yeah, that's the that's the way. And given how cautious I've been with my transfers this year, too cautious. I feel like that I probably would save it anyway. So if I can use it on getting Salah back, you know that's that's fine. Yeah, I think Bruno is probably the best option, even though his we discussed his like he hasn't what was it he's never scored an open play goal at home or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'll have to check that one out because obviously I, I assume at the end of in that lockdown uh, sorry restart period last year, Martial was probably the best second best option, but um, I think. Rashford is probably the second best United option at the moment, but it might just be another case of don't overthink it and just get Bruno for the week. I I, I would go with Bruno. Um, yeah, I th- I think you know. I think most people would. I think I'm trying to be a bit too clever again by getting Rashford, but um, yeah, I'd definitely go Bruno. Yeah, I think oh, I think the thing that we need to discuss at some point after I finish this team is who we're captaining this week because it's a really interesting one. Thinking of that just came to my head there. Um, my front three, which is. Fairly simple. I'm finally going to become a Dominic Calvert Lewin owner. Well done. <laughs> it, it, it only it only took you 84 years, Jack. But there you go. <laughs> I wasn't actually that set on it, and then I saw the next three fixtures and thought, ah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Leeds, uh, sorry, Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley. Ah, uh, oh, yes. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will get him in. Even if I take him out in three weeks' time, he'll he'll be quite a nice little cash cow because I could downgrade to like Antonio or something, so he could get me a bit extra money. But I think for the next three weeks at least, I need him. But it's nice to own him because I waxed lyrical about him at the start of the season and uh, didn't act on it. So yeah, my other two strikers are Ollie Watkins, which is it's quite a close debate between Watkins and Bamford, but I think with the Villa fixtures, you've got to go for it. Uh, for Watkins, and my, my most expensive striker is Jamie Vardy. Currently, hmm. is this the the same? Is this the same Jamie Vardy who at one stage uh, had a, a non penalty xG of zero? Yes. Oh, it's, right. it, yeah. It's not zero anymore. Well, I know, but <laughs> I just... it was it was the joke that we were making on the pot. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm not that sold on it, but there isn't really obviously premium striker. I. I decided that if I'm playing my wild card, there's like, why would I bother owning a Tottenham player with our fixtures being as bad as they are? Like, I did consider Kane because he's just so good at the moment, and I think there's a logical reason to keep Kane if you're not on a wild card. Um, but I was thinking, like, like, why am I keeping him for? That I'm not really going to captain him in, in the next sort of five weeks, I don't think. Um, especially having De Bruyne um, instead of Son now, which gives me another captaincy option. Um, the other strikers I considered, so the, the next, next most expensive striker I considered was Werner. Um, I had a look at Jesus, but I realised Aguero might be back after international break, and I can't be bothered to deal with, with that. Um, and the cheap strikers that I also wrote down was Antonio, Bamford, and Che Adams. So I don't know what you think about my striking options. I mean, as someone who bought in Callum Wilson last time, as opposed to... Bamford, uh, Watkins, and Adams. Uh, I'm not really qualified to talk on uh, this matter, <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it to you two to discuss this. I think oh, I'm not sure Luke has a cheap striker. Actually, I think he was it Kane, Werner, DCL. Uh, yeah, no, those are the three I've I've had since the start. I, mean, I haven't really um, seen reason to change either of them. I mean, I mean Kane's, I'd, I'd say the best player in the league this season. I mean, he's just he's just been insane. I mean, my my logic was. It's Harry Kane. He 
he gets goals no matter how and assists Tottenham are. and and assists now yeah and that's that's obviously come to fruition Calvert Calvert Lewin was a I, he was someone I didn't really want he was just kind of yeah I remember yeah to fill a gap really I was I was tempted by by Mitrovic but I don't know I'm well I'm I'm very glad that I've got Calvert Lewin in obviously then Werner even though you know because I was watching him play. Like even though he wasn't scoring, I was like, "This guy's a good player. He will, he will get goals, and they are starting to come now." So, yeah. So yeah, I think um, I, I think Watkins is is a decent option, although I'd, I'm not sure I'd I'd get two Villa attackers. I think when you you've got Grealish, I, I don't know if you need Watkins as well. Although although six point one is it's not a bad price. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just thought the fixtures are so good for them for a long time, and I I I think Grealish like it almost doesn't matter what team he plays for in a strange way. I just I just want him for how well he's playing. He just looks like the full package of goals, assists, stats, eye test. Just looks like everything seems to be there. But yeah, and no, I see your point of view. It's just that in terms of from a logical point of view, my next favorite one is Bamford, and the next three games are Arsenal, Everton, and Chelsea. And like, uh, mm-hmm. it's not. I know he can score in every game. But uh, and he'll probably score against us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very yeah. solid defense you've got there now. Don't don't knock it. Yeah, we've we've signed the best keeper in the world, which helps. Well, it's, I don't know the best keeper uh, in the world uh, for real, actually. I was go- I would have said it would be Neuer, but after last night, where Spain beat Germany six 0 I'm not so sure. Carl Darlow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm real. I was, I was, I was, I said to Luke actually, they, the Athletic to the team of the season so far, and I couldn't believe that not one of them had Carl Darlow. It's been insane, insanely good. Who, who do they go for out of curiosity? Uh, there's a lot of Martinez and quite a few Allisons. Really? He yeah. missed several games. Yeah. How can, that, how, can, how can they pick him? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have gone Carl Darlow personally in terms of like just a pure goalkeeper performance. I think he's been really good. I actually had him like on a shortlist at one point, and I thought. No, don't own a Newcastle player. Don't do it. To don't do it to yourself. Even if it's the goalkeeper, I don't know if Dubravka's had price drops as well. But if if he comes back in at any point, it'd be quite interesting to see. Because obviously, I assume Darlow will get dropped eventually as well, which you don't really want with your goalkeeper, which will which put me off. Um, but I did. I think I mentioned to you that I had a couple of ones to watch who will inevitably do well, who I who I haven't put in my my FPL team this time. Some like Trossard and Calvert Lewin esque performances coming up from the. So I, I Tellez was one of them who we already spoke about, um, and my other two were in the cheaper midfielder category: uh, uh, Ben Rama and Theo Walcott. I think are, are going to be decent options at some point in the next like two or three weeks, but um, I'm not going to own them yet, or if at all. Um, but Ben Rama looked really sharp when he came on as a sub against Fulham. I know he gave away a penalty, but we don't get minus points for that. He, I think he set up um, uh, Suchek's winner, um, and I think that he'll generally do quite well when he inevitably comes in. I imagine he will because he's better than four nows. Um, and Walcott is actually playing up front, and he's got two assists in the last two games. He's basically playing the Danny Ings role. Don't laugh, I know it's Theo Walcott, but I think that he might actually be a decent option. And five point eight million is pretty cheap. Um, so yeah, you can either laugh at that or you can call me a genius in four weeks when those three players who no one owns does well so what do you think about them I, I mean i think i think you're actually onto something with walcott um as stupid as it is to say 
uh, especially I think now that you know Inz is out and he is playing in that kind of role. Um, and I thought you played well with with Adams uh, last time out. So I know I think I honestly think you're onto something there. You say um, I should put it in my team. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it'll be interesting to see how they've got decent fixtures as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I think, yeah, no, you might actually be onto something there for a change. Um, yeah. Currently, I don't know any Southampton players, which is a bit irritating, but, you know, you've got to miss out on some play, some ways in a wild card. So, you know, but yeah, in terms of my wild card team for now, I think, I think that's it. I, I think it's gone down all right, as far as I can gauge. Are there any, like, like major changes you might make before the deadline or uh, you pretty much got like everyone in maybe just a defense to be honest i might just have a look at like fixtures again um i kind of just did it so like the two that i would want the most is i, I think like lampty immediately stuck out to me just because i think he's he's doing he's actually been unlucky to not he's got a decent amount of points but i think he's been unlucky to not have more points in a strange sort of way, like he missed a clean sheet against Newcastle by being subbed off at half time. But, uh, and Brighton are actually putting up like elite defensive stats. I know they seem to do this and it never seems to quite come into fruition. But, um, like I, if the stats don't lie, they, they should start keeping clean sheets because they are, they are like at a parallel with the best defenses in the league in terms of their, their underlying stats. So, um, yeah, I Lamptey was immediately one that I wanted, and so was Kilman, to be honest, just because Wolves are still really, really solid at the back. And the 4.3 starter in that team is like, get in. And then the, just the one who rotated best with that, which was which was a West Ham defender, because their fixtures are pretty good as well. But there's there's a lot of options in that price bracket, potentially more than any other position on the game, like 4.5 to 4.8-ish defenders, even if you include like 5 and 5.1, because I'd also written down uh, Reese James and Bellerin, who are around that price. So it's like that's a serious, serious like position. I was like, I've got to have at least three of these just because there's so many options in that position this year. But yeah, apart from that, I can't imagine any major, major changes. Oh, who's our captains this week? We'll get onto this debate now. Want to start us off, Luke? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really not sure to be honest. Um, I've been my default captain recently has been Harry Kane, unsurprisingly, but um. Well, they've got City, so it's probably not going to be him. I think it's it's between uh, at the moment my captain's Werner, but I am concerned that Frank might might arrest him just because he, he well he wanted to arrest him against Burnley, I think it was, but then uh, Pulisic got injured in the warm up, so he had to play him. Um, and he he made a comment about maybe arresting some people soon, and I think he played he's played twice for Germany. He played last night. I'm pretty sure in the uh, the six nil loss. Um, so I'm I'm not sure. I might change it. Newcastle away has historically not been a good fixture for us. My my other options are uh, Mane. Let Leicester at home is well <laughs> top of the league. Up yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that, that's not ideal either. Um, or a, a bit of a Bit of a wild card option is Calvert Lewin, who has Fulham away, which is a pretty nice fixture. And I think Habit, I think uh, Richarlison's back, which should should help them. Should give Calvert Lewin some some good yeah. chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you call Calvert Lewin a wild card option. Um, 
because he's he was my only choice for the captaincy this week. Um, <laughs> my my vice my vice is Mane, but uh, aside from him, like no one else comes close to to getting the R band for me. So that's, I think that just I think that just says that you have way better options than me. To be <laughs> I've got more faith in Timo Werner, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the thing about Werner is, um, and we've kind of mentioned this on the pod before, is that we think he'll he'll do really well against teams who sort of play a high line and then he can sort of counter um, and use his pace. Um, Obviously, you've probably watched him more than I have. Uh, That's the impression I get. Um, And the only thing that I would say is that Newcastle obviously don't attack very often. So I don't know, it it could be different now that ZX in the team. Uh, I don't know, you obviously know Chelsea better than I do. So. Yeah, I mean, well, as as Jack knows, I I really rate ZH. Um, <laughs> Just a bit. I mean, the, the amount of messages I I sent I sent him over the summer saying this guy is going to be unreal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good that it's actually he's actually playing really well. So yeah, I, I think he he's potentially another another captaincy option. Although I, I I'm not sure if I captain him above Werner. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, I think that that Werner is is all right because. Like I think I, I call it the Callum. Well, I call him last week a rare weapon in in the league these days. And that right, Newcastle are like the, the the deepest defensive block in the league. Like I I don't I don't have any statistical evidence to back this up, but I'm ninety nine percent sure. But I think with with Ziyech, he can unlock a defense like a handful of players, probably like De Bruyne, and that's about it really. Can so I'd expect that the thing with Chelsea is now is that they are so well equipped to play against all types of opposition. Like if if Ziyech is quiet in a game because he can't really get on the ball, there will be a chance to counter attack and vice versa. So I I think Werner is a, is a great option. Currently, I am on whichever Man United player I end up owning for the fixture more than anything else, and kind of hoping that their crap home form is, is a result of fixtures more than anything else. But um, I think if I owned Mo Salah, I think it'd still be him. Mo Salah at Anfield is like. Captain, all the time. So, it, but I don't know what it is about. I don't know if it's the same for Mane, but when when Mane doesn't play and Salah does, Salah always does well. I don't know if it's the alternative. I don't think Salah's missed as many games as Mane in the last couple of seasons. But um, just because they've become the main focal point of the team, so I think Mane is not a bad option as well, to be honest. Mm. So you're on. Do you say you're on Calvert Lewin, Callum? Uh, yes, oh. uh, Mane is my vice at the moment. Oh. So, yeah, I'm just thinking. Uh, I'm just thinking. It's Fulham. You know, Calvert Lewin has scored in pretty much every game so far this season. So, uh, and uh, as Luke said, Richarlison should be back for this game, yeah, uh, which I will. think will, which I think will greatly improve the team. So, yeah, yeah. No, I mm. think that's that's fair. I, I'm kind of just almost in a way glad that I own him now, let alone go out and captain him immediately. I think I'll be on whatever placeholder I have for Sa- for Salah. Uh, I think I'll captain them this week. Is my is my current thinking, but um, whether that's Bruno Rashford or Mane is, is something I've got to cho- choose in the next three days. And I think that will probably wrap up the uh, fantasy uh, side of the pod- of the podcast this week. Uh, so we're now going to move on to part two uh, of this podcast, which is very interesting. Now, you may have been wondering why on earth uh, we have a third person on the pod this week. Uh, and that's because uh, over the international break, the lineup for Euro 2021 
or is it still 2020? I don't know. They're still they calling it, it. Officially, it's still 2020, 2020 for some reason. But I think unofficially, it's 2021. Makes no sense, that. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, the lineup was finally completed uh, with uh, among uh, the four countries joining uh, the group stages, uh, Scotland will be at a major tournament for the first time since the World Cup in 98, which is uh, pretty, pretty special, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Scottish fans won't even have been born the last time we were at a major tournament. So, uh, when we play them, that'll be a really tough game. Uh, from a like a England point of view, I think we'd have probably rather played Serbia. But, oh well. It's interesting, though, because obviously Northern Ireland uh, just missed out uh, in extra time to Slovakia, I believe. But it was, it's quite incredible because I was doing some research on this. Um, the home nations, so England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, have only ever qualified um, for the same tournament once uh, in the history of football. So cool. uh, any, yeah, any guesses as to when that was? No, no, not a clue. Go on. Is it? Yeah, I was going to guess seventies. Seventies for Jack Luke. What, what are you thinking? Well, I just can't remember Wales ever being any good, really, apart from the years. <laughs> so, I, I, I reckon you know something like. I'll say in 1950. You are correct, Luke. It was 1958 at the World Cup. Oh, fair play. It's the the only time that uh, the four home nations have qualified for the same tournament. And none of them won it. No, although if memory serves, I think like Wales and Northern Ireland got like further than England and Scotland. I could be wrong. Uh, Classic. So, yeah. (laughs) Wales got further than, than us in the last major tournament they were in, so... Well, that's that's also true. So, yeah. <laughs> Didn't Northern Ireland also get as far as we did? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I think they got out. Of yeah, and, and yeah. we lost them, and so did they lost to Wales, I think. Yeah. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, Callum. Because I'm looking at the quarterfinals here, and there's no sign of England, but there is Wales and Northern Ireland. They both lost in the quarterfinals. Blimey. Uh, yeah. How 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 times have changed, eh? Well, not really, actually. <laughs> Wales lost one 0 to Brazil with a sixty-six minute goal from some guy called Pele. Oh, yeah. I, w- I wonder what happened to this Pele. Uh, who knows? Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, yes. Now that the lineup is complete, uh, we can finally do uh, what is probably the, the most fun part of any major tournament, uh, and that's trying to predict the uh, entire entire tournament and see who we end up who see who ends up as the winner basically yes i know it's seven months to go until the first game but you know it's it's never too early to to get these predictions in and that's why we need a, a third person because inevitably <laughs> uh, me and Jack will disagree on who's better between i don't know switzerland and denmark <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I thought I was brought in for my elite FPL <laughs> well, 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 that as well, you know. <laughs> um, so let's get straight to it then. Um, so obviously there are six groups and it's the we have to predict the top three from each group. So starting with Group A, we have Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. Do uh, we to start? <laughs> Oh, yeah, anyone, really. Uh, yeah, so I think Italy will top this group. They look a lot better, I think, than they did, because they actually didn't qualify for the last World Cup, did they? I don't think. Uh, no. Uh, they look a lot better now. Um, 
So I'm like pretty sure they'll come top. And it gets quite tight after that. I'm going to go Switzerland second, Wales third, because Wales are quite hard to beat, and I think that will serve them well in the tournament. Uh, I have to say I completely agree with you there, Jack. Um, oh, get in. I think I think I think Switzerland are a decent team, got some decent players. Um, Wales, I I think a lot of it depends in part on what's going to happen with gigs. I don't want to speculate too much. Um, but obviously he wasn't at the last, hasn't been at the last round of fixtures. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not sure what's going to happen there. But, you know, I, I'd go the same. Uh, I don't know about you, Luke, if you have any disagreements. Yeah, I mean, Italy, are, they're not they're not the force they, they once were, but they're still still good enough that they should top that group pretty easily. And, yeah, I, I think Wales will, will fancy their chances of, of finishing second, to be honest. But I'll, I'll agree with you too, and I'll put Switzerland... Uh, second, Wales third. Yeah. So Turkey are eliminated, uh, which doesn't surprise me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, group B, uh, Denmark, Finland, Belgium and Russia. Uh, I think we can all agree on Belgium topping the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not Timmy Pukki's Finland. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a story that would be. But uh, no, I think. To be fair, Russia. I, I don't. <laughs> Russia aren't one of the host nations, are they? They often, from memory, they have a, a dreadful record when they're not at home. I think Russia are hosting some games, aren't they? Oh, are they? Well, if they're hosting some games, they will qualify because they're really hard to beat at home. It's a bit like Zenit in the Champions yeah. League. Actually, it's a similar, similar mm. sort of story. I think they're. I'll just check, but I'm fairly sure. Yeah, I think it is actually Zenit that are hosting some uh, some games. Um, but yeah, so. We think Belgium top and then Denmark second is who I would go for. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, I, I'd also. I'd also agree. I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not sold on Russia if they uh, if they're not at home. I think that I. I but I don't think I don't think Finland are. Is this isn't this is this the first tournament they ever qualified for or something? I know there was a massive like reaction in Finland when they qualified. So. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, Senate Saint Petersburg are hosting. Uh, some games. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll go Russia. Russia third then, because they, they, if they, as long as they're playing Finland at home, they'll, they'll come through that. Okay then. Uh, group C got the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. <laughs> I think North Macedonia, with respect, are probably the worst team uh, in the whole tournament. Uh, yeah, were they the the bottom group qualifiers? Is that? In the in the Nations League, uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So in theory, you'd think so. Um, yeah, I'd agree that they're probably a, a dead, almost a dead cert to come bottom. Mm-hmm. This group's actually like if you've been drawn in this group, you're pretty happy, I think. Um, I, I'd say so. I don't think any of these teams are particularly good. I I know Netherlands had a decent three-one win against Bosnia the other night, but but. I, I can't. I don't think they're the same animal now that that has gone. He got them like in a proper system for the first time in ages, and uh, they actually look quite strong. And obviously, is Virgil Van Dijk going to be there? I don't know. So I, I, if he's fit, Van Dijk will be there. I'm sure. Yeah, um, they're still favourites to top this group. I see. My my issue is is of course the Netherlands are managed by a certain <laughs> Frank de Boer, uh, <laughs> and as a Palace and as a Palace fan. I don't know if I can, you know, put them top, but if you guys over overrule me on this, then I'll have no choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't rate Netherlands that highly at the moment, but I think I think they're still better than 
Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. Okay, so we'll go we'll go Holland first. Um, I think Ukraine are a deceptively good team. Not that I can really name any of their players apart from Yarmolenko. Connor um, Plianka. Does he still play for him? Connor Plianka, yeah. Okay, fine. I, I didn't know I, I didn't know you two knew so much about Ukrainian football. We okay. we we played um, Dinner Pro quite a lot in the Europa League and he's played against us. He was a good player. I don't know if he plays for Ah, uh, I see. Should we say Ukraine second? Yeah. Ahead I, of Austria? I, I think so. Mm, don't know. I I remember Austria did they did really badly at either World Cup or the last Euros. I think at the the last Euros they were in the group with um, Portugal, Hungary, and Iceland, and I think they finished bottom, which was quite embarrassing for them. Pretty bad, yeah. I I, I will say Ukraine second. I yeah, I, I think I agree yeah. with you. So okay, uh, Group D. Uh, this is obviously the interesting one with England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. <laughs> right. So from a, even a non-biased point of view, England should top this group. I mean, they should, but obviously. You know, Croatia, we all know about them. Uh, the Czech Republic were the only country to beat us in qualifying, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Scotland of Scotland. So, <sighs> yeah, are England going to top the group? I don't know. I would have said so. The lot, the time we played Czech Republic at home was prime England. I don't know if you remember it. We battered them, was it 5-0 or something? Yeah. And at this point... I think rightfully so as well. We actually got to be excited about the Euros because we were playing really, really well. And obviously, Southgate's had a bit of a pragmatic turn in that period, and it's not it's not quite the same. But uh, mm. I'd imagine that he will fall on something during the tournament which will fit. And I think that, especially being at home, England will come set, will come top. I think. Okay. What do you What do you think, Luke? I don't know. I'd put us to come second. To <laughs> Ooh. Who Who have you gone for to top the group? Uh, Mateo Kovacic's. <laughs> <laughs> See, oddly, I, I'm actually kind of backing the Czech Republic to top the group, so we've got a three-way <laughs> split here. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's make this easier. Who's finishing last? Is it is it Scotland? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's one out of the way. <sighs> you know, I, I'll I'll do it. I'll back England to top the group uh, to make this easier for ourselves. Uh, and then yeah. Croatia or Czech Republic second? Uh, Croatia for me. Yeah, Croatia. Croatia, okay. I, 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 fear, I fear that Croatia's team is getting a bit old, but I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, I see where you're from. This group is actually like, there's no major, major power in there, but it, there's also no duds. Like, there's no, like, I, I, I could even see Scotland qualifying. I think, it, I think the group is, is that tight. I think they're obviously most likely to finish bottom. But this is a, a really tight group. Mm. Uh, moving on to Group E, we have Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. Yeah, so Spain are a, are a likely topper. Yeah, as, especially after last night as well. Um, yeah, yeah. The squad, I definitely feel like the squad doesn't look that good anymore, but that's obviously a really good result. Um, mm. A bit of a transitional phase, really, between the the, the really old and the the inexperienced but mm. um yeah they'll, they'll top the group i imagine uh it's actually really tough apart from that i think you've probably got to say poland or sweden I, one of them's got to come second and third i mean poland really is a one-man team of it is Lewandowski or bust for them so yeah which did which didn't work last time 
No, I didn't. So I, I'm going to say Sweden second and Poland third, but feel free to disagree. Um. So what's the other team in this group again? They'll finish by bottom. I can't remember. Oh, Slovakia. Okay. Yeah, Slovakia. Imagine, yeah. imagine Slovakia will finish bottom. I'm going to go Poland second, I think. Ooh. Uh, you get the deciding vote then, Luke. Yeah, I mean, I think Spain, I think at some point they're going to have to hold some sort of X-Factor audition style to try and find a goalkeeper that's not completely shit. <laughs> 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 um, there, there's, a, there's a very good one at Crystal Palace who they've not called up. Uh, oh, before. God, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is it, he deserves one. Probably because he's 32 and... I yeah, I, I know uh, Unai Simon played in goal for him the other night. Uh, I can't remember what, mm. who, who he plays for. Uh, Bill Bow. So they're, they're obviously trying to step away from De Gea and Kepa. But they'll be all right. Yeah, I think even with, with Kepa in goal, they should still top the group. Um, although, although Kepa against Lewandowski, not, not sure about that. <laughs> oh. It'll be De Gea, surely. Um, but yeah, I'll back Spain to finish top and then I'll go Poland second. I think the rest of their team will is actually okay. I mean, not not a lot of players comes comes to the top of my head, but I, I I don't know. I don't know if they're just they're just a one man team. I mean, Lewandowski is obviously. I think he's one of the world's best. I think he's the best striker in the world at the moment. But um, mm-hmm. if he doesn't get the delivery, then you never know. Uh, and then finally, Group F, or aka the Group of Death: yeah. uh, Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. So probably three of the tournament's favourites uh, in that group. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the tournament winner is like over 50% likely to come from this group. <laughs> um, yeah. um, bottom is quite obvious. I feel very sorry for Hungary. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I, I would have said France, Germany, Portugal. But after last night, I'm thinking France, Portugal, Germany now. I agree with that second order that you said. Yeah, I, I also agree that that second order. Germany are, are not the they're not the force they once were. I know I know they've still got some some classy players, but I think I think in terms of depth, I think well certainly France and I think even Portugal are better than better than Germany. Yeah, for me, France yeah. and France and Portugal were France are favourites and Portugal are second favourites to win the entire tournament, in my opinion. The the weird thing with Portugal is is that I think they are a way better team now than they were um, yes. four years ago when they actually won. Like I've I've maintained this a lot that the Portugal win in twenty sixteen was one of the flukiest tournament wins ever. Like they, yeah. they only won one game in ninety minutes, uh, and that was against Wales in the semi final. Yeah, um, yeah, no, they couldn't even beat you know they couldn't even beat Hungary in the group stages last time. So, yeah, it was it was free, but the t- the team now, as you say, is is very yeah. uh, very flexible. Yeah, they're less dependent on Ronaldo as well, which is a, a good thing, I think. It, Wolves um, are going to win the Euros. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, so that's all the groups done, but now we've got to uh, pick the best four third place teams. Oh Christ! Um, yeah, it's it's all a bit complicated, so. Um, pick your top four out of this lot: uh, Wales, Russia, Austria, Czech Republic, Sweden, and Germany. Right, not Hungary. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
hungry, hungry, hungry weren't an option, so you've not eliminated oh, yeah. anyone there. The first um, <laughs> yeah, not third. Dear God. Uh, I would say, uh, I think Wales or Turkey. Sorry, not Wales. Turkey. No, th- there's no Turkey here. What do you? Oh, so, I thought, uh, who finished? The, oh, Wales. Uh, sorry, Wales. Wales would be there. Sorry, yeah. Okay, confused. You've got so yeah. I read them again. You've got Wales, Russia, Austria, Czech Republic, Sweden, and Germany. Yeah, it's just it's, it's difficult. Um, uh, I'd imagine, I'd imagine, uh, Germany, like, will pick up some sort of results in that group. Yeah. But do you think, like, you think they'd probably maybe take something out of France and Portugal if they have a good day, and obviously they'll likely beat Hungary. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I'd, I'd back Germany. How many Top. teams is it? Four. Uh, we've got to pick the best four. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sweden because we were very close with b- between Sweden and Poland. Yeah, that's that group. that's true. And, so I don't know. If, yeah. And uh, the last one I would put. We had Austria third, didn't we? We had Austria for yeah yeah we were t- we were it was close between Austria and uh, Ukraine wasn't it yeah I'd I'd so, say I'd say Austria ab- so we'll say above, Austria above Czech Republic yeah and then are we saying Wales not to make it then oh did I, I did we miss Wales out we have uh, should we go should we go Wales third and then Austria fourth yeah yeah that's fair yeah does that work yeah okay okay so Russia and Czech Republic get knocked out then. Uh, okay, so now into the round of sixteen. First off, Italy v Ukraine. Italy. Yeah. Okay, that was that was, that was relatively easy. Uh, uh, Switzerland v Denmark. Oh, that's not as easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, tough. I would say Switzerland. I'm gonna say Denmark. I, I I could see that going to penalties or something. Got uh, over it, that, mm, I, I, that, that has yes. I'm gonna agree with Cam on this one. Got Denmark. That's fair. Yeah. If it goes to penalties, Cash for Schmeichel's a safe pair of hands. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, they feel. Um, so, yeah, be fair, but yeah. Oh yeah, fair point. Um, next one is Belgium v Sweden. Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, big big one next. Holland versus Germany. Oh, Germany. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Germany too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Sorry, Frank de Boer. No um, <laughs> <laughs> Next one, we have Croatia v. Poland. Croatia. Yeah, about Croatia there. Yeah, same here. Uh, then another big one, France v. Wales. France. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be shocked. I I love it, obviously, if Wales beat France, but it, it won't happen. Uh, Spain v Austria. Spain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, God, I can't believe this. England v Portugal. Oh no! Wait, what? <laughs> How's this happen? Uh, I I I get the feeling that if we put England top of Group D, we get drawn against second place in that group of death. Oh, so no. this is uh, so this is going to be another one of these. I think it's better to finish second in the group if we're England. <laughs> if, if you're giving me that match, I think Portugal will beat us currently. Yeah. Are, are, we, are we actually going to say England are out by the round of sixteen? Oh, that's so tragic. But yeah, no, I can't. I, I think Portugal are uh, my second favorite. I can't believe this. Are, are, are you back in Portugal, Luke? 
Sadly, I am. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so it's so we're gonna have to wait another three years for it to come home. Unbelievable. Um, right into the quarters now. This is fin- where things get really tricky. Um, first off, no, we have in the World Cup. It's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> two years. Uh, um, yeah. Um, we have a repeat of the 2018 World Cup. Croatia v France. Uh, France. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Uh, next we have Belgium v Italy. Belgium, that would be close. I'm gonna, back, yeah. yeah, I'm back to Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, uh, Germany v Denmark. How are Germany gonna get to the semis here? That's a, are we saying Germany then? We're not, we don't think Denmark could up, up, um, upset the odds, they could, but I think Germany would be. Favorite. Yeah, I think Germany should get through that. Right, yeah. Germany are in the semi-finals then, and then another big game: Spain v Portugal. Portugal for me. Yeah, I think Portugal. Ooh, I would have gone Spain, but okay, no, Portugal are through. So then, the first semi-final is France v Belgium. Oh. So, so that's a repeat of the World Cup again. France. I think. Uh, well. It, it depends if Eden has it on his feet. <laughs> For God's sake. Can I, can I say, I don't think that matters anymore. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm convinced, I'm convinced he, you know, he's been, he's still in Baku from that Europa League final. He just hasn't escaped. <laughs> he's like in a hostage situation somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm back in France anyway, so... Um, they're going to go through to the final, uh, and then finally, uh, Germany v Portugal. Portugal for me. Yeah, yeah, probably Portugal. Okay then. So that means after all of that, we've made absolutely no difference to four years ago. <laughs> uh, it is France v Portugal again in the final. And I've got, I'd say France. Yeah, it'll probably be whoever doesn't win that match in the group. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> winning the final. So yeah, I'll, I'll back France. They're my, they're my for the tournament. If you got, if you got got a Sky bet, England are favourites to win the tournament. Oh, for God. Well, that's Sky, so I don't I, trust them. I think, but... I think the England odds are always inflated. To be fair, Portugal will look like value at fourteen to one. That's Ooh. not bad. No, but yeah. So yeah, so France. We've predicted France to win, uh, which isn't really a surprise. To be honest, they are very good. Uh, interesting. I've been using the the Telegraph predictor for this, and seventeen percent of um, uh, people have also predicted France. Sixteen percent have said Belgium, and then thirteen percent have said England. So oh, that's just English people. Uh, we need to come second. Who did Croatia have in the round of sixteen, or whatever it is? Uh, Croatia in the round of sixteen. That... They had Poland. <laughs> that's the first round after the groups, right? Yes. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, yes. we need to come second. We'll beat Poland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that off. Well, I mean, it worked last time. Yeah, so, uh, Southgate yeah. masterclass again. A nice one yeah. 0 loss uh, uh, against Croatia, and we should be on our way. Yeah, let Scotland top the group so they get. <laughs> so they get Portugal. <laughs> 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 could you could you imagine that they top the group and they're like, yeah, who do we get next? Oh, Portugal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh jeez! Uh, not a positive tournament for England if it, they top the group by the looks of it. Then no, no, that's not good. 
<gasps> uh, anyway, so that, that, this has been a blast. Uh, we're yeah. going to have to wait and see uh, how many of these come true uh, next summer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Good, good podcast in all, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, my two favourites made the final, so I'm, I'm quite happy with the way that's gone. And I think on that note, uh, we can wrap it up for this week. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Luke. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Thanks. Fun. Yeah, thanks for being on, Luke. Uh, if is, is there anything you want to plug while you're here to our ten listeners? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll just mention that me and Jack are also involved in another podcast um, called Serving Up Clutch, which is about tennis, uh, tennis betting, to be more specific. Um, it's kind of well, the tennis season is kind of drawing to a close, so it's not the best time to promote it. But yeah, give give that a listen if 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 you're into tennis. We are doing a, a predictions one for the next season, which I've won. Luke That's wasn't true. Luke wasn't in the first one that me and and Charlie did, but I've won it three years in a row now, technically because we scrapped it this year, but I'd have still won it. But I need to keep. <laughs> you can't say that. I got all I got I got yeah. all three Grand Slams right. I know I know that COVID happened, so we scrapped it. But I would have still won. So I'm just, I'm undefeated so far. I need to carry on this record next year. Well, my, my wildcard pick came in. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. Congrats. It may be loads of points. Either one, but still, I usually do all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. Well, uh, yeah, once again, Luke, thanks for being on. Uh, thanks for helping us out with our Euros predictor. And uh, maybe we'll have you on another time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I hope everyone listening uh, stays safe during this time of lockdown, and uh, good luck for this weekend on fantasy. Uh, I've been Callum. I've been Jet. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>